Hey, it's Rob, and welcome to Success Unlocked, to build a happier, more confident, fulfilled, motivated, and truly successful life, whatever success means to you. Today, I am joined by Gemma Ray, a best-selling author and accountability mentor who helps people who are sick of the sound of their own excuses to pull their finger out, stop procrastinating, and start living. Now, despite having no self-discipline, and she should, in her own words, have a PhD in procrastination, Gemma has actually written two books on the subjects of self-discipline and procrastination. Now, she isn't ex-military, she hasn't climbed mountains or run in these ultra-marathons, but instead, she helps real people with real-world challenges to get more stuff done. Now, if that sounds like something that you need, make sure to smash the like button and hit subscribe so that you'll get notified every time I release a brand new episode. And conveniently, it's the topic of today's show. How do we build the self-discipline to do the stuff that we really need to do? Now, just before we get onto that, I've got something that I would love to give you for free. You see, I really believe that the stories we tell ourselves and the beliefs that we hold about what we are and aren't good at, or what we can and can't do, or what we should or shouldn't do, are a really big key to either propel our lives forward or hold us back. And all too often, they're negative stories and negative beliefs that hold us back. These limiting beliefs literally stand in our way of achieving any of the big, powerful goals that we have, so it's important that we do something to actually get rid of them. That's why I've put together a worksheet to help you do specifically that, and I'd love you to download it completely free of charge. Just head over to successunlocked.com forward slash resources to grab that and some other awesome stuff from my free toolbox of personal development resources. You can get started with it completely for free in just the next few minutes at successunlocked.com forward slash resources. But for now, let's start the show. This is Success Unlocked, where we uncover what it really takes to become the happiest, most confident, motivated, and truly fulfilled version of yourself, with advice and inspiration to create your own extraordinary life. Whatever success means to you, it's waiting just around the corner. Gemma, welcome to Success Unlocked. How's it going? Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very pleased to be here. Awesome. Now we're going to go ahead and dive in and talk about this difficult topic of of self-discipline. I've got to admit, this is a therapy session for me as much as it is a podcast episode for anyone else, because this is something that I've suffered with a really long time. I've always been a big believer of why do today what I could do a different day, and that's probably never going to be never going to happen. Now, before we start talking about that, I've got one big question for you that I ask every guest on the show, uh, and that is, what is your definition of success? What does it mean to you? So this is something, it's a line I came up with a long time ago, actually. But success for me is to be healthy, happy, and financially secure. And for my family to also be healthy and happy. That's all it comes down to, really. It's not success for me isn't a number in the bank or, you know, a certain accolades or status. It's just to be healthy, happy, and financially secure. That's it. I love it. That's definitely been that's definitely been thought through. That's really cool. So let's talk about this idea of self-discipline. You say that you are somebody who doesn't have self-discipline or didn't have self-discipline. Nope. We'll talk about that as we come uh, onto it. So let's talk about what that actually means, first of all. What is self-discipline in your mind? What do you consider it to be? Well, in my mind, it's different now to what I think it is in most people's minds. So I'm going to flip this back to you, Rob. Right. What does self-discipline, what does the word self-discipline, when you hear those two words hyphenated together, what things come up for you? 
I suppose it's the willingness to not let, so the lack of willingness to let things slip and the sort of uh, cracking the whip on yourself as if mm-hmm. I, see, I don't have a boss. So, you know, I suppose from a work perspective, that would be me getting myself to do something because I haven't got a boss who's going to tell me to do it. And give me an example of a real world scenario where somebody might need self-discipline. Uh, so I, I face every day when I could go to the gym or I could not go to the gym at six in the morning. It's easier to not go to the gym than it is to go to the gym. It's easier in the short term, I'd argue, to go to the gym than it is to not go to the gym. So I also I do this this speech a lot about self-discipline. And when I, I ask people, what is self-discipline? What kind of other words? What how else if you were if you were looking in like a thesaurus for what self-discipline actually means and what alternative words you can use, often it's things like restriction, um, militant, it's boring. And all of those kind of words come up. When you think about self-discipline, you might think about somebody giving up booze or giving up smoking, for example, stopping doing something. It might be fitness is a massive one, the discipline to go to the gym or not, to train, to run, however it may be. But you ask me, what does self-discipline mean? And this is kind of the heart of my message and my mission that I'm trying to get out there. I've had this realization that self-discipline is actually the highest form of self-care. And when you can reframe it and when you can change the thoughts and feelings around self-discipline being about restriction and stopping you doing the things that you love and stopping having fun and reframe it to be something that's actually a necessary form of self-care for your future self, it just changes it completely. So you talk then about not having the discipline to go to the gym in the morning, but actually if you were to reframe that and say, going to the gym in the morning is the truest, most highest form of self-care that I can give myself. It's a gift. It's a gift of self-care. It's a gift of health. It's a gift of time for myself. It's a gift of challenging yourself from a strength perspective, both physically and mentally. And when you change it and when you shift that language around what discipline actually is, I think it enables you to feel more inspired and motivated to follow through on the things you say that you're going to do. I love that. Yeah, 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 totally. Very cool. I think a lot of people have just come to accept things about themselves. So for example, they've come to accept that they are a a lazy person or that they lack in self-discipline and therefore, well, that's just who I am. So they probably know people who are very self-disciplined and really good and push through the pain to get stuff done. And they just somewhat accept that actually I'm quite a lazy person. I'm going to build my life in a lazy way. Why do you consider it not okay to to have this lack of self-discipline? Why is that a real problem? The real problem is self-discipline is a promise to yourself. So let's use you in the gym. Let's say for you, the mentality, the usual mentality diet starts Monday. Let's say Rob's saying to himself, right, on Monday, I'm going to start going to the gym. And you say to yourself, I'm going, like, what would you say to yourself? How many times are you going to go? Four times a week. Four times. That's very ambitious for a first. And how, how many times have you been going to the gym up until this point? So I've joined a month ago and I've done a week on, a week off. A week on, of course week. you have. But in a week on, I did go four times a week. Let me guess. In week one, did you go four times? Yeah. And then did you jump on the scales or look at yourself in the mirror and think, why am I not a Hulk? And why, am I, why have I not lost a stone? And then in week two, you kind of go, oh, and then you don't bother. Yeah. Yeah. That's normal. That is completely normal. And that's why I always say to anybody that I work with, start small and build from it. And I know it's boring because I know we all want the solution and the answer right now, like yesterday at the click of a button. But life ain't like that. The real world ain't like that. You can't put a filter on your fitness, not in the real world. And unfortunately, you do have to start small and build up. So going back to you, you go into the gym, you've made that promise. 
and you're saying to yourself, diet starts Monday. What happens? So you've done it in week one, you've gone four times, but in week two, when you don't go, all you do is you completely shatter and destroy all of your self-trust because you've made a promise to yourself. You're going four times, you're going four times. And that's why I say about starting small because you've got to start small to keep the promises to yourself. Because when you keep promises to yourself, you develop self-trust. And when you develop self-trust, you develop self-belief. And when you've got self-belief, that's success unlocked, isn't it? Surely that's going to take you to the dizzying heights of whatever it is that you want to achieve. So it's about, that's why I always advocate for starting small because you've got to prove to your own subconscious that you can be trusted. Because for every time you say the gym starts on Monday and then you don't do it, you shatter that self-trust within yourself. And it just gets harder and harder and harder the next time fitness regime starts on Monday. So how about next week, Rob? You work on one time. And then the week after, do two. And the week after that, do three. But what I would say is, if you can fit it in, life is never going to be perfect every week. You might get to week four and think you're on a roll and go, I'm going to do four times this week, but you also might have the busiest, craziest week at work. So actually, week four would be kinder and better to yourself to kind of look at your diary on a, on a Sunday and think, actually, this week, realistically, I'm only going to be able to get two sessions in. So then the rest of the week, just get your steps up, just move a bit more. Just commit to parking a bit further away from the supermarket or drinking more water or choosing your food a bit more wisely. There's lots of different things that you can do where you still keep that huge, important element of self-trust going. I think I love this idea of self-trust. It's one of the reasons, for example, so I, I dislike the idea of New Year's resolutions because most people mm. to accept they're not going to keep them and therefore it's sort of pointless. They kind of go into it knowing it's okay if they let it go because everybody lets them go. So I love the idea that if you build this sense of trust in that I, I said I'm going to do it and therefore I am, which is what we look for in other people, right? We look in everyone we meet in life, we look for them to make a promise or tell us they're going to do something and then follow through. And the minute somebody starts to let us down more than once, we sort of start to distance ourselves from that person. Yeah but we allow ourselves to get away from it. So I think this is really, really important. Now, I'm interested to know, we're going to talk about procrastination as well. I'm interested to know the relationship between self-discipline and procrastination. Is procrastination the only effect of having a lack of self-discipline or do you find there's other stuff as well? No, not at all. Procrastination essentially comes down most of the time to fear. That's essentially what procrastination comes down to. If you're not doing something, there's a fear of something usually there. So... I'll ask you again, Rob, what do you procrastinate on the most? Um, oh, loads of things. Uh, definitely. I mean, it would be really easy for when I'm doing uh, episodes of the podcast where I don't have a guest on. So when it's just me t- chatting, it would be really easy to say, oh, well, do you know, what? actually, I was going to do it today, but I'll just record four episodes next week instead. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So that, that type of procrastination is what I would call like last minute Larry procrastination. You leave everything to the last minute. And Sometimes you've got to, if you say to yourself enough, I always leave everything to the last minute. I always procrastinate on this. You become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's why you think, I've not got a guest. I've got free reign. You make your brain right. If you believe deep down in your subconscious, if your fear is, oh, I'm really lazy or I procrastinate so much, you're just going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy on that. But actually... What I would say on that, being a last minute Larry, sometimes is not a bad thing. And if you are somebody who gets frustrated because you tend to procrastinate on deadlines all the time, I mean, we we all do it. 
a lot of us are freelancers when you've not got your own boss like you said and there's not that pressure there's not that accountability you do tend to leave everything and and put it into the last possible moment you've kind of got two choices and two roads you can go down here road one is do i do it now as a promise to myself as a form of self-care for tomorrow me to know that tomorrow me future me is going to thank me for carving out an hour now and getting it done and that self-care means that the stress is gone or are you actually somebody who is amazing on a deadline do you actually produce your most incredible amazing work on a deadline if so that's not necessarily procrastination that's your style of working and when i talk about this that's not a usual that isn't the usual kind of message that comes out of people who talk about procrastination i'm always one of these people who says you've got to know yourself this whole kind of life of getting more productive and overcoming procrastination comes down to really understanding who you are at your core and actually if your strength is to be a last minute larry you personify you become larry you know, you visualize Larry in your head. You know, when you are Larry, you've got your, I don't know, your Superman cape on and you know that you're going to be able to stop time. Do you remember Jamie's magic watch? <laughs> you could stop time. You know, maybe last minute Larry is able to stop time and power through and get their most amazing work done in the last minute. And that's fine. That's okay. And actually, the first part of that process, if you are going to allow your own natural traits of being last minute to shine through, the first stage of that process starts with forgiveness. And actually overcoming all styles of procrastination, one of the most powerful things you can do is start with a process of self-forgiveness. There was studies done about this in, in universities over in America, in colleges over in America, where students who'd been upset and frustrated with themselves for not studying for an exam for procrastinating on studying for a first exam when it came to their next exam in the process between sitting the first exam and sitting the second they went through very um, methodical approaches to self-forgiveness they forgave themselves for not doing it for the first exam for watching too much netflix for going out with their friends instead for thinking they could just cram it in the night before they did this process of forgiveness which involved different things journaling meditation actively speaking about it and they found that in their second exams they performed so much better because the forgiveness allowed them to clean slate draw a line under it start again and sometimes I think we get caught up so much in our previous habits and how we've always been and feel so guilty and fearful and shameful of how we've behaved in the past that it keeps us stuck and it stops us moving in the future. So whichever style of procrastinator you are, forgive yourself, first of all, if you find yourself in that procrastination moment, but also allow yourself, if that's your strength and style, to leave everything to the last minute, to really, really put the willies up here and plan it all in for the last minute because you know what you're going to get it done so instead of disappointing yourself and you know it comes back to that self-trust thing let's say you've got a deadline for friday at five o'clock and you'd planned it in on monday and then you plan it in on tuesday and then you plan it in on wednesday do you know what next time you have a deadline on friday at five o'clock plan it in for friday at four you'll get it done yeah it's great allow yourself to do it 
It reminds me, I've been watching uh, season two of Umbrella Academy on Netflix and there's, spoiler alert, a certain amount of time travel going on. And uh, you've got various characters coming back from the future and seeing themselves. And I t- tell you what, if you take a moment to take what Gemma just said there and you think about the idea of uh, a future you and past you and present you sort of being different people and looking back so you can look back at past you now and think, you know, I forgive myself for all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I forgive that past me for all of that stuff. Because know that future you, as Gemma said, is going to thank you for taking action and getting this done. So we've talked about a few things there, which I wasn't expecting to go into, actually. But that's great about this idea of, of being a last minute Larry could be a good thing if that's how you work. And actually, it's not it's not that that's wrong. It's just that that, that is how you work best or how I work best. That's going to be how some people do work best. Yeah. But you also mentioned something I do want to go back to there, which is the fact that lots of people procrastinate out of fear. So let's yeah. dig into that a little bit. What, what do you think most people are frightened of? Not being good enough. That's often, that's often what it comes down to, not being good enough. And it's really difficult. And, oh, my God, we could talk for a year on this. And I'm, I'm not a psychologist and I'm not, I'm not a counsellor or a therapist, but deep within all of us are insecurities and and fears. And, you know, there are some people, for example, that are what I would class as perfectionist procrastinators. The thought of having to do something so perfectly makes them just paralyzed. They just stop. They don't do it. And that, that whole deadline on a Friday thing is also a great example. I've got to get this done by Friday. It needs to be amazing. So you just spend so much time mentally taking up so much brain space on Monday and then Tuesday and then Wednesday and then Thursday. And often without even putting one finger on that flipping keyboard and typing one word onto a document. So this is what I'm trying to say. If that's your style, play to your natural style, because how amazing would it be to free up that stress and bandwidth Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, when you know, I'm just going to do that on a Friday afternoon. And I would suggest anybody listening to this, if you are that kind of person and you identify with that way of working, if you have a project that you know has a has a deadline, a podcast episode is a great example. Just plan it in for just before and see how you go. And it needs to be a hard deadline, you know, it's got to be, it's, it's do or die and see how you go and see how it feels. And I, and I bet you that that lead up to that deadline, that week, you probably sleep better. You'll probably work more efficiently because the rest of the week is not taken up just how many times do we just think about doing stuff instead of actually doing it? And there's a great, great quote. I love a quote that says you can't edit a blank document and you can't. So if you're trying to do some good work, play to your natural style. That's definitely my advice. Very cool. Now you've gone from being, in your own words, the queen of procrastination to write multiple books. And one of them is on the subject of procrastination. And now you get to help other people do it. So how did you do it? What's the secret? I wrote a book about it and I did loads of research to write a book about it. And then I realized being a bit of a knob to myself here by not doing these things because future me It's just stressed out all the time, just stressed out. So I started small. That's, that is the truth of it. And I I learned things along my way of of talking and discovering and researching about self-discipline and procrastination. I did the work as I was researching, I was doing the work and it just became easier. And actually when I wrote my second book, Stop Procrastinating and Start Living, I was also writing two other books for clients at the same time. And I actually, in lockdown, while homeschooling my kid, while my husband was a key worker, and I I sometimes have to take a minute and go, did I really do that? Did I actually really do that? And I did, 
And it's really, really boring and simple. And the reason I was able to do it is because I've built self-trust and I believe in myself. And when I believe in myself, I follow through with the actions that I know are going to take me from A to B. And, and that's how the books got written, published, launched and marketed consistently since then. So, yeah. I love this. Now, as we start to come towards the end of the episode, I want to know for somebody listening to this who starts to resonate with this and starts to think, you know what, I can see that I probably suffer from a lack of self-discipline in certain areas, or I definitely procrastinate because those are the two big topics we focused on. What would you say the first steps that somebody can take right now, actionable steps that they can take to start implementing your way of thinking and changing uh, in order to start building their self-discipline, getting over that procrastination and get going? Okay. Step one, you need to Elsa it, right? Let it go from frozen. Let it go. Let it go. doesn't matter. What's been has been, you can't change it. What is the point of sitting there getting stressed about all the things you didn't do and all the stuff you procrastinated on? No, it's got to go. And I have this thing on a Friday called the chuck it bucket, but the chuck bit is an F. Um, and I do it on a Friday and encourage people in my group on Facebook to put things in the bucket to let it go. So that's stage one. Stage two is forgiveness. Write a list, write reasons why you forgive yourself for whatever has happened and didn't turn out. You know, stage three is to, to write not a to-do list, but a to-da list. So I would love people to write down all the times when you actually did hashtag pull your finger out and get stuff done and remind yourself that you have done this before. You can trust yourself. And then the final thing is to understand that we are all a product of our repeated decisions. We are the only people in charge of how we think, how we speak, how we act every single day. So we are just a product of our repeated decisions. Future us, the future person that we have got the potential to meet, is a product of our repeated daily decisions. If it's health, that's a decision to eat three nutritious meals a day and train three times a week or two or one, depending on what your, what your diary commitment is. If our future us is to build a multi-million pound business, then the steps between here and future us are the decisions we get to make every day of how we consistently market our business forward, drive sales, outsource, hire the right people. There's always a process. So what I would say is in order to overcome procrastination and discipline, what basic things and remember i also stated at the start of this you've got to start small you can't do all of the things there's that internet meme isn't there you know the cartoon holding up a broom all of the things you can't do all the things start small so for me when i started this process i started with my health and in particular my mental health because it was in the toilet when i started so for me those daily decisions became meditating journaling getting out in nature hitting my 10,000 steps. And from there, I built on it. And then there are things like batch create my social media content because future me loves it when Gemma batch creates social media content and sees these things going out. And just realize that you are a product of your repeated decisions. So ask yourself, what decisions do I get to make every single day that the future me, the super version of me, the version of me I know in my heart I have the potential to achieve, what do I need to do? What decisions do I get to make every day to meet that person? 
I love that. So, so cool. Do something today that future, future you is going to thank you for. Yeah. So finally then, big on the spot question. What would you say is one of the most important pieces of self-development, personal development advice you've ever received from somebody else? And who gave you that advice? Okay. So my friend, Andy Grant, is the world record holder for a single leg amputee 10K. Andy was in the Marines. He was blown up in, Af- in Afghanistan. He came back to the UK. He had 18 months of rehabilitation and he made the life-changing decision to have his leg amputated for a better quality of life because it just wasn't healing. So he's gone on to be in, as part of the Invictus Games. Uh, like I say, he's broken the world record for the fastest 10K. He has a documentary called Paragon, which is really, really worth watching. But what's really interesting about speaking to Andy, and he works as a motivational speaker, you can find him out there. He always says that losing his leg was one of the best things that actually happened to him because it opened up doors for opportunity. And actually the hardest thing that Andy ever went through wasn't being blown up, wasn't the rehabilitation, wasn't seeing his friends die in Afghanistan. The hardest thing he ever went through was losing his mom to cancer when he was 12. And he picked up this phrase, and this is the phrase that stayed with me for many, many years of being friends with him. Life is 10% the situation that you're in and 90% the way you choose to react to it. And that 10%, 90% thing, I, I made it on a mug once in a craft class. If I ever get a tattoo, I will get 10 slash 90 somewhere on my body because I think that's so true. Life is 10% the situation you're in and 90% the way you choose. And that word choose is really important to react to it. And he's somebody who embodies that and lives that every single day. And if he can say that message, every single one of us can too. It's so, so cool. Now, Gemma, finally, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Tell us, where can we go and find out more about you and everything that you're doing? Okie doke. So you can find me at my website is gemmaray.com. You'll be able, and I'm Gemma with a G, G-E-M-M-A-R-A-Y.com. You can find me on there. I write lots of different blogs on all sorts of different subjects, particularly around productivity, overcoming procrastination, and just living a life of being authentic and honest. You can find links to my books there. My first book is called Self-Discipline. My second book is called Stop Procrastinating and Start Living and I am at Gemma D D E R A Y on Instagram and Twitter. Gemma, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. Thank you very much for having me. How awesome is that? Like I said, that was almost like a secret therapy session for me. So much gold to pull out of this. And the idea of thinking of future you looking back and thanking current present you for taking the action that you want to take and also just start small and know that it's okay to know that you can't do all of this stuff at once. Now, if you want to check out full notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode, like Gemma's books and our website and everything else, then just head over to successunlocked.com forward slash discipline, successunlocked.com forward slash discipline. And finally, before you go, if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a review on your favorite podcast player, wherever you happen to be listening to this right now. A five-star review and a few nice words goes a long ways towards helping more people get the benefit of this content. Of course, we are here every single week with a brand new episode of Success Unlocked. So make sure you share the link to this episode on your social media and make sure to subscribe because I'd hate you to miss out on anything. Thank you for joining me. We'll see you right back here next week.